0: At Long John Silvers, throw boring overboard with the fish and shrimp feast, dipped in our signature batter and fried to golden perfection. Complete your feast with Wisconsin white cheddar cheese bites and ride a wave of melty goodness. Order ahead at LongjohnSilvers.com, Fish Year.
1: Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am LJ LaFura. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and we are a belly-up sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how are you?
2: LJ, I'm doing good. Uh, we had a bit of a marathon episode yesterday, um, but we're back. It's Tuesday. We're doing power rankings. Um, I did the last two power ranking shows yes week 11 and week 12 um it's week 13 and I'm pretty sure every team has played 81 games which means that's the halfway point um has cleveland yeah. there? sorry
1: has cleveland gotten there
2: oh yeah actually i think cleveland has a double header today actually i just watched shane bieber um, i'm
1: pretty sure cleveland's only planning to play 105 games this year <laughs>
2: You mean like how Atlanta played one sixty one last year? <laughs> I'm
1: glad that never became a narrative, to be honest. Could you imagine if people like became unhinged, which the internet regularly gets un- becomes unhinged? But how easy could it have been for them to become unhinged and say that they didn't deserve the World Series, not because of the of being a wild card team, which I heard that or not wild card team, all right. Well, 80 win division team
2: having less wins than two american league teams that didn't make the playoffs and won their division
1: yes that is a less valid argument than the 162 or 161 argument i'm not Ooh. sure how we never got that but i don't think either of them is very valid but like 161
2: no what... game mickey mouse season after a 60 game mickey mouse season come on they just thought that they could add a hundred and one to the twenty twenty season, and we uh, wouldn't notice.
1: Just yeah, only play hundred and one more games.
2: Um, and yes, uh, Cleveland has played eighty five. The Rangers actually have the least amount of games with eighty four.
1: Good stuff.
2: So everyone is over the halfway point.
1: I. I'm intrigued by Texas uh, being so low on games because aren't two? Yeah, two of the teams in their division are in California, which means no rain, so no rainouts, and ha- two of the t- three of the teams have roofs. How are they so short on games?
2: They're only five behind the league-leading Cardinals with 89. The yeah, Cardinals the team are the only likely to that-
1: be within one or two. Sorry? You should theoretically be within one or two.
2: Yes. um, At all times. However, there was a series against the Yankees where two of the four games were rained out. And they only ended up playing three games in that series.
1: Well, that's because the Yankees don't have the foresight to put a a top on that stuff.
2: Uh, Oh, yeah. We're going to... L.J. Lafure, every stadium should have a retractable roof is that I don't know.
1: The, is that Actually, the... I was about to bring that point up because <laughs> I I think we're talking about give it one more after this next cycle of new stadiums it's only going to be the legacy stadiums that don't have retractable roofs what is
2: the next cycle of stadiums how many stadiums is that we're what talking is...
1: about the next 15 years 15 20 years when everyone has a new stadium yeah. Like each new stadium will have a retractable roof. It makes too much sense. Because also, question predictability makes money.
2: Will Fenway like? There's no way they ever build a new stadium. They'll just no. keep renovating Fenway. Like it'll look completely different, but it'll be That's, same place, same everything. It's not going to be like a Yankee Stadium where they just build a new one across the street. Fenway is is never
1: it's sacred. It's, it's never going to be the. It's going to become the. Uh, the park of theseus it's the same park but also not the same park in any way shape or form
2: yeah um, it's like it's like the um, uh, math problem or that problem where it's like if you have a toy boat and you replace like all the pieces on the boat is it still reasons, yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah um, yeah um but no that being said yeah i'm literally talking about Wrigley i'm talking about Fenway i'm talking about maybe Dodger Stadium if you want to throw that in there on that level everything else i don't think everything every other stadium in in the uh, country is i think touchable and
2: just a shot to to the o.co coliseum just a- absolute shot at the athletics there
1: it's okay i'm just waiting for it so desperately so you saw the whole uh the i don't know if it's chairman or whatever they got head of the golden state warriors ownership has a standing bid to buy the A's when they come up for sale. How long will it take him to move them to San Francisco as well? So there's two teams in San Francisco. That's that's the most him thing to do. I just,
2: I I feel horrible that there's people out there that like watch A's games the same way I do Yankees games. That just, oh, it's awful.
1: As a 2020 Red Sox fan, it's hard. Yeah, that's that's like, pretty. They bad. have to do that every year. Like I respect that grind more than, more than you can understand. They have to. The see- season
2: started like July 26th, and by August 1st, you were playing not meaningless games. <laughs> there was no, there was no le- high leverage games after five days into the season.
1: Brandon, this long term will be a very funny statement right now it makes weirdly weird amount of sense but next year year after you're going to think wow within five days the only thing that red sox fans really had to look forward to was perez day we created a weekly holiday out of martin perez's starts and that was the only high point of the season he wasn't even like he was fine he wasn't particularly that good.
2: He was just okay. Game. Yeah, like he was he okay.
1: He was just an okay pitcher. I have to pull up his stats that year, but he was just an okay pitcher. And yet that became the phenomenon that the entire fan base rallied around. Now, granted, he's a great guy. And that's really more why it happened. But it's just, again, that really goes to show the year. If a guy with a 4 5 0 ERA for the year is everything to your franchise, everything to your fan base. For any, any year, that's unideal, to say the least.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, um, well, this is Power Rankings Show, and we do have a few things prior to getting into the Power Rankings. First, um, there's we know five of the eight Home Run Derby contestants, right? Yes. So, so that Obama would
1: be right after... I started complaining about not having them yet.
2: So that would be Albert Pujols, Juan Soto, Pete Alonso, Acuna, and um, Schwarber. Did I say Schwarber?
1: Uh, You did not say Schwarber.
2: Yeah, and Schwarber. Yeah. So that's five. Um, We've heard Giancarlo Stanton potentially. Not official though, but that's a good five
1: that's a good five you it's know, better than
2: what the nba gets for the dunk for the dunk contest so yeah,
1: people people still care about this one and you know i don't know i i don't understand how the dunk contest fought, fell so far because it could be the crown jewel of all-star weekend if the guys that were even just just the guys that already had to show up decided to do it and they weren't too cool for it with that being said how many of these guys are we really that interested have that really that good a shot
2: home run Derby I think everyone has a chance I think no, it's more coin no, flip no, than no. than you think LJ especially Hold at Dodger it's, Stadium it's, at Dodger Stadium it is much more coin flip than last year
1: pool, pool holes I'm I'm sorry I, I'm glad he's doing it but not a legitimate contender.
2: Oh, so you're saying the players won't take it easy on Pujols and maybe let him win a round.
1: No, why would yeah. you? Because you also want the hype of it. No, I, I think guys, guys who pl- do this genuinely get up for it. Like if you're.
2: Oh yeah. I know Pete Alonso gets up for it. This is what he trains. Yeah. Isn't this is what he trains for. He doesn't train to be a major league baseball player. He trains to win the MLB home run derby.
1: Which again, we need to make more home run derbies. Uh, that is the ultimate answer to baseball's one a month. One a month. One a month, or even just again, my I, I still pitch it time and time again. Go back to the past shows, and I'll go through it another day when we have more time. My American Idol style home run derby from across <laughs> the world, where you where you just di- deep dive on these players' stories and then watch them hit bombs. It's it,
2: basically home run derby X, but way way better. Wait and actually understandable
1: yeah because you know what like literally you can just like like my my I envision like qualifiers in a couple of different countries so like you're at the dr qualifier and Rafi devers is there and all of a sudden you do this like quick feature like five minute feature on like his family and where he grew up in the dr and go through all that and then all of a sudden you get to watch him hit thirty homers <laughs>
2: like <laughs> it's great and and once the the pressure sets in in front of the live audience too like it's it's legit
1: exactly but with that being said yeah no one's taking it easy especially like again you're telling me alonzo or Schwarber or even stanton's taking it easy on pools
2: no i mean if it's if it's a pete alonzo versus a pool in the first round it's trouble but to a, be a, fair
1: a Cunha i also don't take seriously
2: you you don't take him seriously.
1: Not at all. Um, this is
2: his second time doing it, though.
1: Yes, it is his second time doing it. However, really, the the best hitters in this competition don't change their swing for the competition. Like, yeah, he's see, a line Alonso drive
0: Alonso
1: hitter. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, you see, Kittle Alonzo changing things. You don't see Kyle Schwarber hitting things. This, Ronald Acuna does hit home runs, but he's a line drive hitter.
0: But
2: so is Stanton.
1: Ball so hard.
2: Stanton's a line drive hitter too.
1: Not to the same same extent though. Again, I don't I don't see Akunya's game having changed much more since the last time he did this competition. And at that point, his swing looked downright bad for this type of stuff.
2: Yeah. Well
1: the interesting conversation that needs to come up with the last if we're let's assume Stanton joins, those last two spots, at least one of them has to be a dodger, right? Who's going?
2: Ooh. um well who's healthy to go
1: who's healthy um let's also freddie freeman trout in um
2: has trout yeah trout's never done the home run derby right i'd be
1: i'd be interested in i'd be interested in that i'd be interested
2: otani again why not just throw him in
1: walsh otani i don't know
2: yeah I liked seeing Otani last year, but then, like, the whole All-Star weekend was just about him. It was like, oh, Otani's in the Home Run Derby. He's starting hey, in the All-Star. Stephen
1: A's fault, though.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I didn't even think about that. We had not only Otani being the face of every event of the All-Star weekend, but then Stephen A saying that he's, he can't be the face of baseball because he doesn't speak English cut to a clip of him perfectly like speaking perfect English. Um, nice.
1: It's just, it's so bad. It's the second, second worst gaffe on ESPN right after the whole uh, thing that happened with the John Morant qu- quote from yesterday.
2: That was really bad. That For those
1: was... of you who don't know, there's a parody account called Ballsack Sports that – Posted a fake quote from John ja Morant that ESPN did an entire story on, saying yesterday. that he
2: would take it to Michael Jordan.
1: <laughs> it, it, it's just it's, it's such so bad dumb. reporting. It's, it's so dumb. Dumb. But I, I I don't know. There's gotta be. I don't think it can. You can't do the home run derby right without having a guy from the home team there, or minimum the home city. So could we see it be Will Smith? Could we see it be Trey Turner? I don't know.
2: I would hope not, Trey Turner. I would really hope not, Trey Turner. <laughs> that's not a home run hitter. I want someone but who he's... can, who can, you know. I'll take Freddie Freeman. That's fine.
1: No, let's just put Will Smith in because you know how catchers. That's fine. Is. Yeah, he that's fine. Give him the salvy salvy treatment, where it's like, oh yeah, this is the best home run hitting catcher in the league. He's gonna go out there and hit three home runs and. We're all going to forget that he was in it within a year.
2: Well, we certainly have (laughs) time. Yes, we have time to preview um, the Home Run Derby. We do have to talk about the three guys that have been named replacements for the All-Star Game really quick. Um, J.D. Martinez will replace Jordan Alvarez for the American League. Um, That's J.D. Martinez's fifth All-Star appearance, um, and he'll be alongside Xander Bogarts and Rafi Devers. The NL, it will be Garrett Cooper for the Marlins, who's replacing Bryce Harper. And Carlos Rodon, thank God, he gets in. He's replacing Josh Hader, who is on the bereavement list. Um, Yeah, this is the first of probably a few more names to come but um nice for jd nice for carlos rodon nice for garrett cooper um but
1: garrett cooper uh, the new most overrated player in baseball
2: it's like i don't know
1: what what it was a
2: player? dh spot though because that's the thing you think about it was Harper's spot so it's the dh spot so
1: oh it's the second i thought they'd already put somebody in
2: no Uh, this is uh, like according to see i thought thought,
1: paris was also i thought it had already been taken care of okay yeah i
2: thought i thought that it had gotten taken care of also but now according to this article uh cooper's replacing harper so i don't know
1: garrett cooper is no longer the most overrated player in the mlb that that title goes back to Vladdy Greer.
2: okay um power rankings
1: powerings yes we have those um Oh, actually, I'm sorry. I had one more point in that. Um, Scratch that, actually.
2: Okay. Well, my bottom four has not changed from last week. It is in the exact same order as well. A's at 30, Nationals at 29, Royals at 28, Reds at 27. Now, the only thing that separates the Nationals and the A's for me between 29 and 30, so I have to look at, like, the players on their team that are actually like that I actually know that are actually good. So on the A's, I know Frankie Montas and Paul Blackburn. Okay, so that's two, right?
1: Well, I mean, Paul you, Blackburn's an all-star. You can't
2: just Right. That. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Two, two. And then you have Ramon Laureano who is not bad. So there's three guys that I consider like... Okay. The Nationals unfortunately... They're last for me because, or I'm sorry, I have the A's last. It's the I have the the Nationals twenty nine because they've got Josh Bell, who my opinion should be an All Star, Juan Soto, Nelson Cruz, just more names. They they have guys.
1: Well, just because they have names, don't they mean they have performing guys?
2: Their names look. If we put the Nats and A's in like a 20-game series, they're splitting at 10-10. And it's going to be some of the worst baseball you've ever watched.
1: I think you're overselling this Nationals rotation.
2: They are equally as bad. Like both no, of these they teams, are not. This is no. as close. The Nationals rotation, don't make fun of Josiah Gray, because I don't think that he deserves any flack here.
1: Maybe flag here. Okay. What did
2: Josiah Gray do wrong?
1: He's just the most mid-prospect I've ever seen.
2: LJ Josiah Gray went to Lemoyne College in Syracuse. How do you expect a baseball player to be good when he's when there's snow on the ground in mid-April? How do you expect him to develop?
1: I don't, but I don't expect him to be developing on the major league level. That's what the that's the reason there's a minor leagues. Well, the Nationals think... are
2: looking really good because that's who they got in return for two of their franchise's greatest players. So, right,
1: go ahead and keep hyping up Josiah Gray. Keep hyping up Paulo Espino. Um, they're gonna keep. I'm gonna keep them in my 30 spot right now.
2: Well, I've, it's A's, Nats, Royals, Reds, Cubs. Bottom five for me. The Cubs moved um, from 24 to 26, but the other four stayed the same.
1: I went Nationals, A's, Royals, Reds, Cubs, and look, I think those two are clearly the bottom two teams in my head, the A's and the Nats. Past that, you could have you given me a good enough argument for either one of them to be last, but I don't think you can pull the Reds or Royals into that conversation right now. And the Cubs just... I don't know where I stand with them because they don't feel like a bad, they never feel like a bad team. They just feel like a team, a good team that doesn't have talent, which.
2: Nothing about the Cubs feels good to me. It's, it's, it's a rough scene out there. I'm friends with a few Cub fans at school. They are very happy that they don't have to care about this team this summer because there's just so many guys that they say they hate watching. So fun, fun, okay. fun, fun.
1: Uh, twenty-five through twenty-one. I've got the Tigers, the T- Angels at twenty-four, the Rockies at twenty-three, the Rangers at twenty-two, and the Pirates at twenty-one. Pirates again, been pretty big winners in the mid-season, I'd say.
2: Yeah, they've they've certainly overperformed. Third place in the NL Central is uh, not bad. They. Uh, oh. I'll say that I have the Pirates, um ranked third in the nl central um but still lower than where lj ranked them so if that doesn't show you just how bad that division is um yeah
1: yeah again it's it's one of those things too where i don't know i feel like some of these records just don't add up because like you know maybe you are right based on a record standpoint with the pirates but they have put together some quality quality wins yeah
2: those and 3 against ways. the dodgers were was really impressive
1: they find ways to beat good teams meanwhile they've got a team like the rangers who i just don't see the redeeming qualities in and yet they are well within the wild card race right now like no one wants to talk about it but like they're they're very much in this.
2: Oh, we're going to talk about it when once once we get to them. We're going to talk about it. Um
1: we did get to them.
2: You got to them.
1: I got to them. Okay, we got we don't we don't get to them unless you get to
2: them. Yeah. <laughs> when I get to them, I'll talk about them. How about that? Uh Pirates at 25. So, I have 3 NL Central teams ranked 25 or lower. Love to see that. The Tigers at 24, they jump up 2 spots. Uh, D-backs at 23, Rockies at 22. They swap spots from last week. The Angels at 20 drop a spot. Um, yet you know the Angels. It's every night. It, I you know it's like Otani does something crazy. Trout does something nice, and the Angels lost. So that's where we are. They're on another four four game losing streak. Clearly, Phil Nevin was the answer there. That's that you know, he he turned this organization around. LJ from a four, 14 game losing streak to a four game losing streak. He's it's impressive what, what what he did here. That's ten games he shaved right off.
1: So yeah, and I again I go back to what did they think was going to happen here with this move? If you don't have your guy lined up, why are you making this move in the midseason?
2: They really thought he was going to turn this into the playoff team that they've oh. been dreaming of. They really thought he was going to do it.
1: Let's hold
2: out. Well though, so it's either that or they thought Joe Madden was making the team not a playoff team when it turns out they just didn't have the talent to make the playoffs well, in the first place.
1: that much of it? again, we we've seen it time and time again. With the exception of that one questionable call that worked out for them in texas he hasn't necessarily like he, he didn't do a pun
2: saying it worked out for them is very it's a very loose term when three of the runs scored that every they single won. runner every runner on base scored when he intentionally walked them three runs out of a maximum four scored but yes they did win the game so That's yeah fine. Oh, boy. All right. Uh, Joe
1: Madden should have been out here catching dubs until Ron Washington could take over this team.
2: Well, all right. 20 through 16. The Rangers at 20. I dropped.
1: Oh, got to the Rangers.
2: Yep. I dropped them a spot from last week. Dropped the Marlins a spot from 18 to 19. The Baltimore Orioles jump up three spots from 21 to 18. And the White Sox. Uh, At 17, Giants at 16, they both drop a spot. Um, The two teams we're going to cover here, Rangers and Orioles. Um, Like LJ said, Texas is legit in the playoff race, at least. Um, LJ, how about this one? The Rangers' offense has only scored two less runs the whole season than the Astros have. Really? Really, yes. Um, Now, obviously, the pitching rotation is night and day. Night and day. Hasn't
1: been able to. uh,
2: Dane Dunning and John Gray. When when your top three is, Martin Perez, John Gray, and Dane Dunning. um, Yeah, even if they do somehow get a wild card, that'll be an interesting uh, best of three that, that they play in.
1: Well, the funniest part to me is like. This team again has its decent pieces, but it had more decent pieces before the trade deadline last year. This is a very much a, this is such a flip of narrative, flip of tone, flip of pace that still seems just as out of character as when they signed Simeon and Seager.
2: They should have never got rid of Joey Gallo. I just don't know why you would do never it. Never should have gotten
1: rid of Joey Gallo. They never should have sent the pitchers to Philly.
2: Yeah why why'd they get rid of kyle gibson yeah
1: it was kyle gibson and uh ian kennedy right yeah yeah add those two guys to this team and they're they are a better team even if they're not having the seasons that they did have last kyle
2: gibson is just solid like i mean he's okay
1: instead these poor fans have to watch spencer howard go out there every fifth day and get blown up (sighs)
2: And that's who they got in return for that trade, right? Yes.
1: Oh. Honestly, in from what I've heard, Philly fans were ready to jump ship on Spencer Howard after like one from the moment he got up to AAA, even though he was still getting the hype. A lot of people saw him as a red flag. So most Phillies fans would have been celebrating him getting moved out of town for any form of return, much less what they got. They got absolutely fleeced on that trade and then they didn't actually continue forward on the direction that they created by selling off all of their best players. Like, you can't turn that back around into an immediate, um, into a reload situation after you start your rebuild.
2: Well, the other team, the Orioles, um, hottest team in the league right now. They had... Uh, or they're still on an eight-game win streak. They didn't play yesterday. They play at the Cubs um, starting today. 43-44, and 44, should the Orioles win today, every team in the American League East will be 500 or better.
1: Wow.
2: Not often you see four teams in a division 500 or better, let alone all five.
1: Brandon, this, we talked about it off air yesterday, but this is getting into being a historically good division. Historically I mean, good. You have four very, very competent teams and the Toronto Blue Jays in this division. <laughs>
2: You but, hate Toronto so much, and your ranking this week absolutely shows it.
1: Like that. <laughs> yeah.
2: Can't wait till we get there.
1: Um, but um, my point that was, yeah, no, it's just, it. this is great to see. This is a lot of fun to see. It's going to be brutal every single time any of these teams play each other.
2: No, it's a bloodbath. It's like the NL East last year, but every team is just winning a little bit more.
1: Yeah, and it's like, it doesn't feel like a lot of the games are close. They're either very close or not close at all. Mm. Like, one team always clearly seems to have the upper hand. You think, oh, this team's done. And all of a sudden, two weeks later, they come back and they absolutely hand it to them the next time out. The only team that has an advantage here is Toronto, which again, I mean... With the covid restrictions they have a
2: legitimate advantage though they like, have, they... like
1: ridiculous advantage you can't bring a portion of your roster to their home stadium and yet they're still in fourth place this is the preseason favorites mind you
2: if those guys so if you bring players or if you can't send players because they're not vaccinated can you still operate with a 26 man roster or no do they um, make you, like, use, like, a 23-man roster for the whole no, series?
1: <laughs> that's an excellent question. I'm not sure if they go Because the Yankees
2: ended up not having anyone that couldn't go. So, I saw the Red Sox. It was Hauk in some yeah,
1: because you can't walk down the street in the city without the, uh, I'm not going to get into this. This is getting a little too, uh,
2: Kyrie. No, it's the Kyrie rule. Yeah. We're all good now.
1: Uh, yeah,
2: I don't know. Yeah, no, Orioles are ma- are, are really hot. Um, props Orioles, when we
1: start talking about um, when Trade Mageddon starts, I'm not sure when that's going to be starting, maybe after the All-Star break.
2: Trade Mageddon started with the Drew Waters trade yesterday.
1: All right, so are we starting our Drew- Trade Mageddon content tomorrow?
2: This is the preliminary. This is like, you know. Pre-Trade Mageddon. This is the first four. Of the of, of trade again. This is like the first four, you know, true TV. This, this is the
1: prologue. Is,
2: uh, Christian Bet and Court getting traded from a uh, to to the Rays is is a is a first four game for sure. With
1: that being said, this team really should and will be buyers.
2: Yeah, they have to change right. their approach. Like they need to not just trade away everyone now.
1: Yeah, and you know, it's they're not not only are they not going to be holding pat, but them being able to get to 500 at some point here that they're going to the success so far that Adley Rushman is turning into to start. You know, this team is very much on the brink of that, and especially we hadn't gotten to talk about it yesterday, but Grayson Rodriguez's MRI went great, so ultimately he's not going to be set back that much for this team, and so all of a sudden, your window is really starting to approach. If I'm the Orioles, I look at this as an opportunity to give this core some experience, having meaningful games in late late August and September. And so, by doing that, what I do is I go out and get controllable assets. I go out and I maybe I get, I don't know, maybe I get the long-term solution for third base, a uh, long-term solution for third base, or really anywhere on the left side of the infield.
2: Any yeah, of those uh, bullpen guys that have a few years left, uh, like a few arb years left, to cunt her either.
1: Well, again, that's one spot I'm not sure I want to play too much with because that has been the high point of this team. Oh, because yeah. I, what I was going to bring attention to was this pitching, this rotation. If you can go out and add a couple of arms with a few years of service time left that are of quality, like... And you don't even have to get as much as – you don't have to do as much as, say, Boston or Minnesota would have to do at the trade deadline in terms of buying. But if you can get just one more guy that significantly adds to your team for the next three years, that's an absolute win for this offseason – or this uh, trade McGinn.
2: Uh LJ, if you'd like to give us your 20 through 16, and then I'll move on.
1: 20 through 16, I've got the Diamondbacks at 20, the White Sox at 19, the Orioles as well at 18, the Marlins at 17, and the Phillies at 16.
2: Yeah, so real quick, or I'll run through my 15 through 11 because we have a team in common that I want to talk about. Guardians at 15, we both put there. Cardinals at 14. I dropped them um, four spots. That was my biggest drop of the week uh yeah st louis i saw a picture on their subreddit it was a like a a picture in the stadium of the lineup on the scoreboard and you know how it shows like last name and then what the batting average is next to each player so paul goldschmidt wasn't playing that night so it's like tommy edmond who's hitting like 267 one Arenado, who's actually having a good season. And then literally every other player is like under 200. It's like so many guys hitting in the 100s. This team just has no hitting depth. And and it's it's such a big I- issue. Um, they're only five games over 500. And while they have scored over 400 runs, which not a lot of teams can say they've done this year, um, the pitching has not been nearly good enough to also support the the um you know what what the offense has been able to do and that's why the the brewers are two games up on them right now um you know they've got a big series coming up against the the dodgers so cardinals are a little bit on the hot seat for me i put the phillies um at 12 mariners 13 um and Rays 11 so phillies Rays mariners um Excuse, sorry. Mariners, Phillies, Rays. Jesus. Um, but I want to talk about the Phillies because LJ has them at sixteen. I've got them at twelve. Um, what's what what don't you like about the Phillies right now? Because I feel like to the Angels and the Phillies, they they both made manager moves and they've gone in complete opposite directions since then.
1: Yeah, you know, I don't necessarily look at this as being a thing that's directly tied as much to the manager move as much as what we've seen throughout the rest of the season from this team this has been a very streaky group really since the very beginning and that's different than the Angels of course that's more what it's more like is the Blue Jays and the Mariners frankly at this point in its general rule I'm creating or not creating but like in my head this is the hard line that i'm drawing for myself is i've seen this team play so poorly so many times for such long stretches that i know that whatever we're getting right now isn't the true indicator of this team and so they're always i'm always going to be pumping the brakes on this team for the rest of the year like i'm just not sure the trust is there there's really, of those three teams I named, there's only one team I really feel like I have the trust still for that they can really, you know, this level of play, this high standard of play, the standard of play expected of them this year is still achievable. And that team is going to be in my next group. We're at the mm-hmm. 15, 11, right? Yep. Um, Guardians at 15, Blue Jays at 14, Mariners at 13, Giants at 12, and the Twins at 11. The Mariners are the only team I really feel like can still live up to their expectations. And they've
2: been as hot as the Orioles have been late.
1: They have nine and one in their last ten. They've won eight straight. Um this is a this is a team that, you know, they're young, they've got some really exciting stars. And from a pitching standpoint, they had a lot of things to figure out going into the year. Overall, the rotation, both the rotation and bullpen really had no true identity as they went into a playoff race last year like that's kind of (laughs) ridiculous so now all of a sudden you turn in turn in this year and you're going to see some of the same negative effects of that but eventually you know you give that that group enough time and they're going to be able to figure things out they're going to be able to find a way to make this work and i
2: think they have the most underrated bullpen in the league the Mariners this year.
1: Yeah, you know what they got? They got good stuff there. And they've
2: got really good. They've got some really good arms coming out of the bullpen. Really good arms.
1: And it's interesting, you know. I wish they'd put a little bit more focus on winning. But long term, they're they're playing well for the long term. Brendan, what are your thoughts on this whole George, George Kirby thing?
2: Um, what is going on with George Kirby right now?
1: George Kirby got sent down last week
2: to triple okay. Oh, okay i did see that yeah basically, so he basically
1: he, what they're doing and then kleenex
2: here. are teammates again
1: yes and not <laughs> not for the same reasons um this is entirely a long-term development solution for the mariners is what they're calling it you know i can i'm not gonna doubt anybody i'm not gonna fault anyone who cries service time with this but basically they said you know, we don't want this guy throwing 200 innings. We're not wanting him throwing 175 innings early in his career. We want to build him to that. And we're not going to put him into a hot ton of situations where he's susceptible to blowing his arm out. So basically from last week through probably the trade deadline is basically what they were saying. He's going to do a couple weeks down in triple a short innings Okay. Take a little pressure off, rest up the arm. So basically they're just trying to, they're trying to, they're not trying to stretch him out. They're not trying to throw him fully in, in his rookie year, which, what do you feel about that?
2: Well, the first guy, so, um, I do remember seeing something about this. Um, but thank you for clearing that up. I remember if you remember a guy, Aaron Sanchez, who used to pitch for Toronto, um, I think they did a similar thing with him a few years back where they sent him to like single A and was having him pitch there. Um, I want to pull it up because I remember this happening to him because he was a young pitcher at the time as well, and they wanted to limit his injuries. He was having trouble staying healthy in the majors. I can't figure out. There's so – it's so hard to read – minor league stats on baseball reference. There's just so much going on. But, um, yeah, you know, I don't uh, disagree with the move, but I hope it doesn't affect the Mariners, you know, how they stand right now because he was being impactful for them.
1: He was being highly impactful.
2: And they could certainly use all the wins now, uh, of course, but... It's the right move for the future. And, well, you need to prioritize that in the MLB. Um,
1: and as a counterpoint for that, you know, he's maybe missing three starts by doing this.
2: Yeah. yeah. So three, three bullpen games or three starts that, you know.
1: Yeah, it's not. It's not you can put a good world.
2: lineup out there, you know, hopefully you have a full strength lineup for that day. And then you go from there.
1: And the counter ultimately is now's the perfect time because you don't need all of the help you can get from your pitching staff. Your offense is performing well enough to get you wins really no matter what. So at the hottest point of the season, he's not going to be missing out on much right now.
2: One last thing on the Mariners. Um, very happy to see the Eugenio Suarez resurgent bandwagon tour. Whatever you want to call it. Um, dude finally bounced back after two years of struggling. But nice to see uh, him in a new place doing good. But we've got um, 10 through 6. 10 through 6. Twins at 10 for me. The Blue Jays at 9. Red Sox at 8. Brewers at 7. Padres at 6. Um. Just talk about Toronto for a minute. Uh, one and nine in their last ten, they've lost four in a row. Um, I didn't forgive me. I didn't move them anywhere in my rankings. I kept them at nine. I think nine is an okay spot. Um, see, see, the good thing is, is that. At this point in the season, I don't need to change much with my my rankings because my opinions on teams only slightly change now. Meanwhile, LJ's got him down here at 14. He's got the Blue Jays and the Phillies just buried. LJ, you really, right now, season ends today, you're taking Mariners over the Blue Jays?
1: Yes, 100%. Really? I feel more comfortable with it. by by quite a
2: bit all right without because i know you you've actually done a good job not showing when 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 you do have a bias against like the blue jays and whoever and like me with the a's we usually give good reasons and you've absolutely done that so far so what is the actual problem with toronto other than the oh they don't want to win crap like what's what's the actual issue here lj
1: oh i I wouldn't even say they don't want to win it's just they they go through; they do go through a lot of spells where they flat out tamper, and so at this point, I I feel like I've seen enough now, halfway through the season, where I can't fall in love with this team's success. And it's the same thing I'm going through with the Phillies, where I don't think these either of these two teams have top ten cal are top ten caliber talents right now this year. That doesn't mean that the roster isn't that. I think this team definitely has potential to mm. be a contender like they said, thought they were going to be. However, with this management, with this roster, right, the way it is exactly right now, they are too inconsistent to be a true contender, and that's what you're seeing in these top spots. That's why they're a mid-tier team, because it doesn't matter how many great stretches of the year they have. They go through points where they look like a bottom five team. And that's what they're looking like right now, where they look completely uncompetitive. And that's not something you can have when you're an elite baseball team. That's not something you see. I mean, even the Red Sox, the Red Sox are generally being outclassed by their opponent in a very tough part of the schedule. Like, this is as tough as it gets for them. However, at least they're staying competitive. They're making it look, they're giving them a good fight. They're splitting series. They're taking games where they probably shouldn't, that's not something this Blue Jays team is capable of at their worst. And often that comes against far worse competition than
0: Mm.
1: the likes of Tampa, the likes of Boston, the likes of New York. So ultimately, I don't know. I just, I see this team is too liable to have horrific lows. And if you were asking me which team I wanted in a seven game series right now, the Mariners look like they can be more consistent. Because past the slow start that they had, they really haven't had these major speed bumps that Philly and Toronto have had.
2: Uh, LJ, you're 10 through 6?
1: 10, I've got the Rays, 9, the Red Sox, 8, the Brewers, 7, the Cardinals, 6, the Padres. Your your next question is probably going to be about my Cardinals ranking.
2: No, no, um, I, I look, there's some people that are high on the Cardinals and I totally get it. They've got the three, three, the, you know, the top three war guys in the NL. I just, for, for the term for the playoffs, I, I I can't feel confident, especially after last season.
1: Yeah. I mean, you've got four really good producers in your starting lineup and you've got Lars (laughs) Newbar. I mean, it really can't go, uh.
2: Twenty WAR Lars Nubar.
1: It it can't go much better than that. Ultimately, what it comes down to for me isn't necessarily looking at the players, because in addition to that, you know you've got Helsley, who's had a great season in the bullpen. You've got Adam Wainwright still doing Adam Wainwright things at forty years old. You got Miles Michaelis, who's squarely in the Cy Young conversation right now. So you've got your stars. The rest of this team, you're right. The depth needs work. But when it comes down to it, this team finds ways to get results.
0: Yeah.
1: They get results against a very competitive team in their division in the Brewers. And that speaks for me.
2: All right. My top five. The Braves jump to number five from six. I swapped them with the Padres. Mets four. Dodgers three. Astros two. Yankees one. Um, really? only thing I'm looking forward to from these teams this week, this Mets Braves series, um, huge, probably the biggest series so far of the season watched game one last night. Scherzer absolutely dealed. He's been the two starts he's had since he's returned from the IL 13 total innings, five hits, one earned run and 20 strikeouts. It's not bad. Um, it's Max, okay. Max Scherzer's back. Um, Full health. The Mets are getting healthy, and they've been four in my rankings for quite a bit, or they've been around the three or four spot. Um, let me just say, look out next week because if they handled this Atlanta series, could seriously move them up. Braves, Mets, Dodgers, Astros, Yankees.
1: Yep, and then I went Braves at five, Dodgers at four, Astros at three, Mets at two. Yankees at one. I, again, I think this is going to kind of, my ranking of the Mets can easily be proven at the end of this weekend. Or not this weekend, at the end of the series. At the end, the end of the week, my thought process on the Mets, I think will kind of feel justified because you're right, They they're fo- their record is fourth in the league. They're not even the top record team in the National League, let alone close to it in baseball. So why do do I keep holding them up in those top two spots? It's because record isn't what makes their methodology work. It's the consistency and it's the level high standard of play. And that's really kind of going to show because, you know, when you're not getting the red hot Braves, you're getting the great Braves team. You're not getting the red hot Braves team we saw two weeks ago this Mets team is consistent enough to be able to handle that. So, you know, unless unless the Braves come out and all of a sudden just get hot and completely overpower them, which probably means they're going to overpower the next three teams they go up against as well, I, I see this as a um, situation where the Mets are still the best team in this division, regardless of what the records end up saying as they get dinked and dunks and points taken off here and there for them. But either spot, I think, is really viable to switch. Also, you if you didn't know, last night was the ninth all-time Max versus Max outing.
2: Ooh, yeah. very
1: Max Fried and Max Scherzer. Um, they also were the eighth one. So just a little bit of interesting detail for you.
2: One last thing before we end the show. Um, I'm going to say it right here, right now. This is Edwin Diaz's NL reliever of the year to lose at this point. Um, our buddy Josh Hader is struggling as of late. LJ, he has allowed an earned run in three games in a, or three appearances in a row. Um, meanwhile, Edwin Diaz is just cruising. He pitched for his third day in a row yesterday. He struck out the side. He struck out more than half of the batters he's faced this year. It makes no sense what what he's been doing. How's it 18.1 Ks per night for you? Uh,
1: and ultimately, I think he's got a lot of potential too because he's going to be overused. Like, whether Josh Hader's struggling or not, he's not going to get the same workload because the rest no. of that bullpen is also really good. This Mets bullpen needs a ton of work, and ultimately, you don't want to give him a lot of days off. You don't. You want to use him every opportunity you can, because the other guys could all come out and leave you scratching your head because they just can look so bad. Like, I don't trust necessarily Seth Lugo. I don't trust Adam Adovino to be able to be in these situations. And when you look at it's 19 saves for Edwin Diaz, three for Seth Lugo. That's the entire save spread for the Mets this year. As we keep going and they get into higher and higher leverage situations, he's going to get a lot more work just because they don't have other options.
2: Absolutely. Well, that's going to do it for today's show. Thank you for listening. Check us out. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, MLB Daily Pod. We'll see you.
0: See you manana. there.